With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everybody, welcome to episode 37 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, part of the Pinstripe Alley community of podcasts. Sean and Ryan with you, and Sean, it's like I said to you earlier today. This episode that we are now in the process of recording is one we hoped we were going to get the chance to record since basically the season ended, even before that. The Yankees got their white whale as. Brian Cashman would say, Garrett Cole, nine years, $324 million, and it's, uh, and I mean, the news came around midnight, I was in the middle of my Star Wars rewatch, by the time I was done scrolling Twitter and watching video clips of Jeff Passan on ESPN and stuff, the movie was over, um, but it was just, a re- it was really cool to see, I mean, it, it's crazy to kind of realize that we haven't really felt this in a while, the Yankees going out and doing what everyone knows they could and splurging for the biggest star on the market. It really has been a long time, and it definitely feels good to have that uh, Death Star vibe back right now uh, around Yankee Universe. Well, speaking of the Death Star vibe, what which movie were you watching that you were just not even paying attention at all? Which best, where were you? The best one, Rogue One. <laughs> oh man. I wound up. I wound up going back and watching the rest. I mean, I've seen it like five times already. So you rewatched the rewatch. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I um, I went to bed at ten forty-five. I'm sorry, eleven forty-five. So ten minutes before the news broke. I, yeah, I got in bed my normal time, like 11, 11, 15. And, you know, I was reading and I was talk, talking to my wife and like, we're like, all right, we're going to go to sleep. And then I saw like everybody was saying it was close. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to just stay up and then be a grouch at work, you know, the next day. And then I woke up at four in the morning to go to the bathroom and I have like three different MLB.com alerts, five bleacher reports, and then texts from you and Kyle. <laughs> and I usually don't check my phone when I get up in the middle of the night, but since it was, you know, since I felt like it could have happened, I was like, let me just check. So I started reading everything. I got up to go to the bathroom, and my wife was like, are you okay? I guess I had woken her up. I was like, I am fantastic. And she <laughs> goes, okay. And I was like, babe, they got him. And she goes, are you serious? For how much? 
like half asleep. She can't believe she can't believe I'm waking her up over this, but she was concerned about the finances. And I just went off on like a who cares tangent because they got them. And that was my initial reaction, half asleep. And it's my reaction now is they, they did what they had to do. Um, there was a offer from the Dodgers on the table for eight for 300. So going nine through 25 was the best offer and not by, um, an irresponsible margin. It was just the, you know, that was the next progression in the negotiation. If you were going to beat the Dodgers, um, so I, I, I'm not concerned with the length or the, or the money of the deal. I think when you're going after the big fish like this, you have to understand you're going to have a contract that's going to be hard to stomach when you think about it like that. But I also think about the Steinbrenners have more money than anybody I know in the world um, or either of us or, you know, more wealth than, well, either of us can imagine to semi quote Han, uh, Han Solo um, or Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I, know, I can imagine a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not concerned about it. I mean, I think as the, the, you know, as we get five years in, there's going to be another pitcher out there that's making more and, you know, with inflation and everything, it'll go down. But even, even so screw all that. The Yankees got one of the, what would you say him and DeGrom are the two best pitchers in major league baseball. Absolutely. And, and we get both of them in New York, and one of them's on the Yankees, and you could pair them up with Severino and Paxton and Tanaka this year. I mean, the Yankees are now, I would say, heavy World Series favorites. Yeah, I mean, I just cannot relate to the to those whose initial reactions were financial concerns. I mean, this is, I think they were, what, sixth in Forbes' most wealthy sports franchises in the world this year? I mean, they, like, this is not an issue for the Yankees. It was just determining who they wanted to make this splash on because they've been financially, always been financially able to do it. Who cares if they go under the luxury tax? They, they, they reset it last year, right? So yeah. I mean, they're, they're not going to get taxed any more this year than they would if they were a dollar over it. So I, I, who cares? This was the best player on the planet. The Yankees' biggest strength as a franchise in terms of their competition is their financial might and the ability to go out and do this so good on them to kind of flex that competitive advantage I guess you could say I mean there's plenty of other teams that could offer that kind of money too but good on the Yankees to use that advantage and pair it with a willingness and knowledge that this is the kind of guy that you make this contract for this is like you said, the best pitcher on the planet, right next to right next to Degrom. He's been he's been durable. He's been absolutely elite in all facets of the game, from strikeouts to walks to FIP, every number you can think of. He was in the top six or seven last year. So this is it's just a it was a no brainer. That's I mean I, I just can't can't grasp anyone that would have any concerns with this. And, and to everyone's credit. On, on Twitter, I really didn't see much of it at all. It was mainly just rejoice from, from Yankee fans and kind of like, oh, the evil empire's back, all that good stuff. Yankee fans want to see the Yankees spend the money that they put into the team with $15 milkshakes and all that good stuff. So this was the peak of the Yankees' championship window, and they just added one of the best pitchers in the game to it. So... Awesome, awesome job by by the front office and and ownership for clearing Cashman to to make this kind of deal. 
I, I, yeah, I can't be more excited. And I love that um, Cashman said before this this deal that they we were using every tool in our toolbox, but not the big hammer. And it doesn't mean the big hammer is not still available. And obviously, they swung the big hammer. Did Cashman say that or Scott yeah. Boris? <laughs> I, I thought it was Cashman. I'm just reading Marley Rivera's tweet right now. No, I'm just joking. It's very metaphorical. It was very yeah. Boris-esque on a smaller scale. Yeah, here I'll get you, I'll get you the full quote just for entertainment value. Um, the only thing that you've seen different is I think we have been more adept at utilizing a lot of different roads that maybe the Yankees of the '80s weren't using. We were just using every tool in the toolbox, not just the big hammer. But it doesn't mean the big hammer is not still available. <laughs> so they swung the big hammer, and I think this contract signifies and reassures us that. And a lot of what we heard in the Fangraphs um, panel from Lindsay and and Mark is that the Yankees are smart, and we hadn't. I think this to me this this for the future of the Steinbrenner, the Hal era, makes me realize that he knows when he needs to bring out that big hammer, but he also can exercise restraint in waiting for the right guy to swing on. Um, maybe it wasn't so apparent with the the John Carlos Stanton trade that there's an argument to be made there, but you could also say maybe Hal said, "Look, go out and get one impact bat that's like at the top of the league and one impact pitcher." And, and Cashman identified Stanton and, and Cole as those two guys. And you know, I, I have I have a feeling that the plan all along was probably to get Harper, but they wound up with Stanton falling into their lap, so they got him. Um, so anyway, um, I think this reassures me going forward that the Steinbrenners are committed to the Yankees. They're not afraid to be the Steinbrenners once in a while. And everything that we moaned about last offseason was just sort of them trying to play their cards right to get to this big fish that they knew they would have to land, this white whale, as they called it. And now we're where we should be, where the Yankees will have a one-two punch in their rotation and a lineup to complement it that will give them a chance to win the World Series, a good chance, the best chance um, for probably the foreseeable future. Yeah. At least the next three years. Yeah, I mean, geez, I, I was looking at Cole Zip's projections. <laughs> I mean, for the next, like, four years, he's projected to have an ERA, like, under 3.5 or something ridiculous like that, and under 3.2 for the next, like, three years. Again, he's proven to be a, a durable arm and – Obviously, the stuff speaks for itself, especially ever since he went from Pittsburgh to Houston and kind of ditched that, what was it, a sinker he was throwing in Pittsburgh, and now he's kind of just fastball, breaking ball, and has been, you know, was probably, I thought he should have won the Cy Young last year. Obviously, Verlander had a hell of a year himself, but, and again, I mean, that we haven't even gotten to the other half of this. Not only did the Yankees just get better by a huge margin it's also a huge blow to the Astros who probably weren't going to retain Cole anyway but there goes the top pitcher on the Yankees top competition for the American League pennant so that's a double win there I mean it just adds to the checklist of why this was was a no-brainer and um and just back to what you were saying um I think Mark Carrig said it best in, in his piece early this morning that came out after the news broke is how a lot of teams have begun to use analytics like as a weapon almost to kind of justify 
a little bit of penny pinching and not splurging. And I think I think he had a great point there. And it was kind of and I think that was such a frustrating part about the last couple of years for the Yankees is that they clearly were such forward thinkers and making trades for the DDs and the Hicks and the Voits and all of that. But we were just waiting for them to make that big deal because we knew the money was there. And, you know, while it was frustrating to see Corbin in the World Series last year when the Yankees were just a couple, was were maybe one starter away from getting there themselves, like that was frustrating, but also completely understandable that Cashman and the Yankees waited for this white whale because Cole was on a completely different level and was last year as well. So it's, um, I guess, just in addition to the excitement, the excitement, I'm also relieved, like knowing that the team still has the willingness to go out and again, use something that's an incredible advantage that, that is just, that would have been neglectful not to, not to use, especially when it comes to a pitcher like Cole. Yeah, that's, that's the point that I was trying to make is that now we don't go into every off season, like, Oh, they're probably not going to spend. I think it's been the winter meetings have been awesome, and there's rumors that Rendon might get done tonight with the Angels. It's been great that you have this sort of energy in mid-December for baseball because it's what's going to carry us through the winter and to spring training. And when the Yankees land a big guy like this, the whole fan base is energized. And you know, this is the most nuts Yankee fans have been going since you know I said this the other day about the just the report that they made an offer. Since DJ LeMahieu's home run in game six and everybody, all Yankee fans are pumped up. And like, I don't know about you, but I woke up this morning. And I'm like, I can't, I can't wait for, for spring training, opening day. Like I'm ready to go. Like let's, let's go. I'm ready. And there's still more work to do, but getting this big fish off the checklist is, is such a huge thing. And knowing you're going into the season, regardless of how you play the rest of your off season as the world series favorites, unless something weird happens where like, I don't know, the Astros go out and trade for Kluber and and, and all this other not like some sort of other nonsense. We we're, we're the hands-on favorite for for the World Series. It's it's a great feeling and just one as Yankee fans were privileged to have had many times in our lives. And but not for a while and it, it it's really cool to to be there and uh, you know what? If the back end of this deal doesn't work out in 9 years, you hope that the newfound smartness of the Yankees keeps playing out the way it has because you know what there was a ton of dead weight on the 2017 roster with a rod's contract still on there and jacoby ellsbury um but they did okay they got within one game of the world series and the same thing last year with ellsbury's contract weighing down the the roster and and stanton was a non-factor in his money so just because you have a couple contracts that don't work on your roster doesn't mean that um doesn't mean that it's not going to work out and and i mean i just said stanton this team is basically adding Garrett Cole, John Carlos Stan, and Luis Severino next season. Yeah, I mean, uh, health, health. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's dependent on health, of course. So yeah. you, you hope to see, um, yeah, full season of Stan, a full season of Severino, and adding Garrett Cole. That's that's pretty unbelievable. Um, that. Is makes the Yankees the clear favorites, which obviously doesn't mean anything. But again, <laughs> the goal is to make your team as as great as possible before you get to the playoffs, where we know anything can happen. But you certainly can um, diminish the parity of of things when you have the best players. So the Yankees went out and got the best player at his position, the best free agent pitcher available since probably Max Scherzer. 
and just uh yeah it's just a, a good day good day for the Yankees um and then their fans obviously and hopefully this is the continuation of a trend that we've seen with the Yankees in in big contracts to ace free agents that work out CC worked out Tanaka has worked out with his huge contract he was what seven years 155 million and and now Cole and mm-hmm. I, and the only other seven year deal was Moose which was tremendous yeah he was obviously fantastic too he was uh I think I think the last Yankee pitcher to have the kind of production that Cole had last year was 2001 Musina. I think I saw a tweet like that um but yeah and I mean back, going back to the length of the contract like I'm sure there will be I, I'm sure if we play the tape through people might be upset about this contract in year seven eight or nine he does have an opt-out after five but if it gets to seven eight or nine with the Yankees there's going to be people upset but in all honesty if, if they win a World Series or two in those first five years of this contract who cares <laughs> like you know sometimes you sometimes you endure the latter years of big contracts so you can get elite talent in the prime years of those contracts it's just it's just how it is it's a small price to pay especially if it results in a world series championship flags fly forever yes they do and not luxury so, tax ones no 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 yeah <laughs> well hey i mean this is awesome um so i'm really excited um do you have anything else on Cole that that's on your mind, or can we talk about where we go from here? And and or you um, know, is there anything else about the the? I mean, you gave your story of the signing. I gave mine. Is there anything else on it that's on your mind? I mean, the Yankee Twitter reactions were great. Um, yes, I, was, I, I liked Tor- I liked Torres with just like people standing up and applauding. I think Judges was the best. Just the wink face. Only because it came like. One minute after um, Heyman, so you know he was like re- he was refreshing Twitter too to try to find out. He's yeah. just like us. Well, well, there was a report earlier today that the Yankees knew like three yeah. hours before it was announced, so he probably knew too and was just waiting for it. Um, but you know, you know, he's excited. I mean, obviously, want Judge to win a ring so badly. So hopefully, this helps greatly increase those chances. Um, and but- Voit's already given up forty five. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um speaking of giving things up, we've got we get all these Photoshop pictures now of Cole in a Yankee jersey and stuff. Can we just use this as a re- you know, the Yankees bring in Ottavino and they give him number 0. Now we bring in Cole. Can we just get rid of the hair policy? Like this is a good time to do it. Cole likes to rock the longer hair and the beard. I don't know. I'm just ready for it to be gone. I'm ready for some people on the Yankees to show a little more personality with their beards and long hair and w- whatever they want. And this seems like a good opportunity to do it. I personally am anti-facial hair. I'm not a huge fan of it. But if you want to do it, you do you. So if the Yankees want to have facial hair, they should be able to. And you know I like long hair. I mean, I like to grow my hair out all the time. The Yankees should be able to do that. I mean, come on, Cole with the flow, that 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 you know that looks good. Yeah. And I still... I, I feel terrible for what the Yankees <laughs> did to um, what's his name uh, McCutcheon. Oh, yeah, that was awful for for a month. That that's not even who was the who was the prospect that they got? I believe from the Red Sox who cut off his dreadlocks and then was put on waivers like days later. Oh, I this don't was know. Like, this was like this was a rough. few years ago. I can't remember his name. 
apologies to the to the to listeners. Well, yeah, and and to that guy for having to deal with that. Now I really want to know who it was. Well, while you look that up, um, that the 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 combined reports with this is that the Yankees are actively looking to move Jay Happ. I assume that's going to be with maybe a somebody like Clint Frazier to sweeten that pot a little bit. Um, any thoughts on that, or is that just a contract that was bad from the day that it was signed? Yeah, this was it was similar to it was similar to the Ellsbury deal. Like I don't think anybody felt particularly good about it when he signed, especially when. Again, I, I hate to go back to Corbin again, but then you think about it like, okay, they just signed Hap for three years, which takes him through the same age that Corbin would have been if they just added another year onto that deal. It just seemed like, I don't. It just seemed like something that was not going to work out from from the start. Yeah, I, I I agree. I thought he pitched better at the end of last year, and and one you know one thing that I, I will say is I appreciate that he always handled things like a pro. Um, not every guy that comes here acts like that when they struggle. And I'm looking at Sonny Gray yeah. when I when I say this, but but he always acted like a pro. And um, and and I appreciated that. And but you know, it's if if they can make a little more, like make a little luxury tax room, so they're not up against that highest tier where they're losing international bonus pool money. Which, by the way, I was looking at that closely. Why the hell did the MLBPA ever agree to this? This is, ugh. Hopefully at the next CBA that's out. But I'm glad all the other teams are spending. So we'll, we'll probably be moving on from HAP, I would assume. I would also say that Gardner getting done still looks probable, even though he apparently has multi-year deal offers out there, which that kind of scares me. Yeah, I, I really don't know don't, if Gardner really wants don't. to play for two more years, though. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. He had an uh, unbelievable offensive year last year and was durable. So And and apparently, if, if you read the news this morning, he hit 28 homers because he just tried to pull the ball and hit it in the air. So he just decided, I want to hit more homers, I'm going to hit them. It had nothing to do with the ball. Yeah, I think it was Mark Carrig that said that's that the pull a home run is yeah. the uh, equivalent the, of the corner three in basketball. It's That was very well put. Yeah. So and, and when you're uh when you're playing at Yankee Stadium from the left side, it's like a corner three if the three point line was like it was when we were in middle school. There you go. So so we'll see. I, I think the call signing improves Gardner's chances of coming back because I think he'll probably take less because he knows he could join up with a winner. And Gardner is all about that that life, and that's why we love Gardy. So I mean I've been ready to text the Gardy, you know, let the party continue to you guys for a while now. So I'm hoping they get that wrapped up soon. Yeah, uh, I've heard I've heard a couple of reports that they were talk, <laughs> at least discussing a deal or that they made an offer or and real quick the player was Darnell McDonald. Okay. Cut his dreadlocks, which was just that was cruel. Um but yeah, I, I really want the Yankees to bring back Gardner. A, just because it makes the most sense. Um, I'm pretty sure among all available outfielders right now, he had the highest WAR last year, which is really not a surprise at all, given the spike in power numbers and the plus defense that he still plays. And I also just want them to bring it back because I just don't want to get hurt again with these departures. I mean, we are so excited about Cole, but we have to get to this other news that Didi's gone, and I that. Man, that upsets me. That that stings. I mean, my my favorite Yankee shortstop of all time has left us. My God favorite, favorite, my favorite Yankee since 
2016, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, you really can't say enough about the job DD did coming in for Jeter and getting off to a rough start, getting thrown out at third base in his first game as a Yankee. Very, you know, Jeter-esque with the Don Zimmer story where he comes and sits next to yeah. Joe Torre. John Zimmer after getting thrown out trying to steal third and turning into, you know, a, a fan favorite and somebody that I really he was one of those guys where you knew it was going to come close with the window opening and everything if he'd get a championship or not. And he was the guy I wanted to win it here so bad. Um, so I was really disappointed to see him go with the Phillies. And I really thought, honestly, for a one year deal for that, I wish the Yankees just kept him. That is, um, especially uh, for one year. And with the depth issues that we were faced last year and overcame, having more depth wouldn't be bad. Um, so I was kind of surprised they didn't do that. But I just, you know, I, I mean, you know, and I, we both are huge DD fans. And uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to try to head down and, 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 you know, maybe I'll have another reason to head down to Philly that we, you know, could talk about maybe on a later episode. But I definitely want to go check out the Phillies this year, see DD, go cheer for DD, because he's that special of a player um, where I'm still going to be rooting for him no matter where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the gist of my next story for, for Pinstripe Alley that will come out this weekend is that, I mean, even bias aside, just on my fondness for DD, like, once you saw that it was one year and fourteen million, you were like, "Man, like, it seems like that's something the Yankees should have done, like, gave him a similar offer." And 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 again, like, if you already knew that you were going to go over the luxury tax to get Cole, then who cares if you have someone else on a one-year deal, regardless of how much money it is? Like, and fourteen million for a year for an above-average shortstop, who you who you watched improve offensively year after year from 2016 to 2018 and he was fantastic in 2018 yeah he's coming off major surgery but i mean Corey seager came off another shortstop came off similar surgery and and he did just fine last year one ops plus around 120 which is right around what dd put up in 2018 so i don't know it's it's definitely a bummer i mean there goes the holder of probably two or three of the biggest Yankee postseason home runs since this new era of Yankee started post-2016 rebuild. And um, and again, I mean, just putting the numbers and everything aside, it's it seemed like he was beloved by everyone on the team. Just like the coolest guy. I was watching that archive clip of him and Carlos Beltran drawing pictures of themselves at spring training <laughs> and like he's an incredible artist like he learned to play piano when he was recovering from time like he just seems like the coolest guy and um I am going to miss those uh those victory tweets and like you said I mean it's I feel like I have a second favorite team now because that's just how much I love watching Didi play and I hope uh I hope him and Girardi can have a lot of success in, in Philly. It's, it's going to be so weird seeing him in a, in a Phillies uniform, but I don't know, but just, I mean, just on a pure baseball standpoint and putting all that aside, like you said, the infield depth is still kind of a question mark for the Yankees. I mean, you know, who knows how Andohar is going to come back from his major surgery himself that he had mm-hmm. and, and a rookie season that we don't know can be replicated offensively. We know his defensive struggles, 
Um, can Ur- you know, Urshela had a really poor September. Was that just um, a bad month, or was that the beginning of a fall back down towards more of an offensive norm for him? You know, we really don't know. And for a one year and fourteen million for someone with DD ceiling, it just it really wouldn't have been a bad deal. And I'm, I'm really disappointed that the Yankees seemed like they never really were in on it at all. Well, um, just to break some news, Rendon to the Angels is done. Two forty-five, seven years. Well, same exact deal as Strasburg. I mean, he can't pitch though. No, he can't pitch, and the Angels need multiple pitchers to put them in contention with the Astros. But and by the I, way, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I. You know, working the schedule I work now where I get home from work at like 9.30 at night and then during baseball season, that's when I put on the West Coast games. I can't wait to watch Trout and Rendon in the same lineup. And Otani. And Otani. That's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Heyman has broken back-to-back major signings twice in a row. He's been killing it at the winter meetings. You know why? Mm, I don't know. All Boris clients. Oh, yeah. I mean, all this. There's a mystery team, and then there's there's not all this. Then there's a deal. It's like, oh, yeah. they just try to drive up the price through Heyman, and then he gives them the thing. I think, but anyway, it, well, yeah, Heyman ha- is having a good winter meetings. I think next year we should do like fantasy uh, off season and see who with the writers. Since <laughs> I retired from fantasy baseball, we'll do that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm dude. I'm I'm really bummed about DD. I, I mean, coming in and replacing Jeter, that, that's almost as hard as coming in and replacing Mattingly, which, you know, the immortal Tino Martinez did. And for Didi to, to be able to compare himself to Tino, I'm sure, you know, it's still bittersweet moving on, but at least he has that to fall back on. Yeah. But, I mean, you had the wild card homer, the two homers off of Kluber in, in the a, game five of the ALDS, you know. And the grand bunch, slam in the ALDS yeah. when we were there. Yeah, and oh, the, the how about the grand slam he had against the Rays in that one crazy game? That, yeah, with the epic bat flip when he was yeah. when he was playing like, oh my god, like prime A Rod for the first month of the 2018 season. Oh, that one too. Yeah, that was crazy. But yeah, that was. Um, uh, I'm really gonna miss watching DD play. That's that's for sure. He's a guy. Whenever he comes up, you're just like. Yeah, no, you're you're happy. Like I feel like whenever Judge or Didi are up, I'm I'm in a good mood to watch them hit. And uh, I got that's uh, Glaber in that too. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Didi a lot. And there are some some question marks at third base, like you said. I'm I'm pretty confident Glaber will handle short. But now this puts Glaber at short, and um, um, Lemayhu second. Unless the Yankees can get creative, and you know maybe Rendon going to the Angels helps because there are a lot of teams looking for third basemen, and, and now there's one off the board, and, and the Yankees have two third basemen. So if they're going to move Andujar, uh, maybe the Rangers get interested, and the Rangers um, seem to not know what they're doing. They apparently maxed out at five years for Rendon, for which I mean, if you know anything, yeah. that's insane. Um, so maybe we could get a team that gets really desperate. For a third baseman to get involved, maybe do a three-way deal and try to get Lindor over here. Well, you know, it's, do something it, like it that. It seems like Cleveland isn't interested in trading Lindor in, in the immediate future. But I would now. Now it sounds built. like uh, 
Now it sounds like the Rockies are talking about maybe trading Arenado. That's wild. Yeah. They he's, just got a, he's got a full no trade. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I'm bummed about Didi. It sounds less and less likely that we get a Batances reunion. Yeah, I'm really bummed I'm, about that too. Well, I'm still holding out hope because I, the other day they said it was probably going to be Yankees or Mets. Now the Twins are sticking their nose into it. Um, we'll see. Yeah. But, like Hopefully I said on the last episode, I still think I still think that Cashman has another big thing up his sleeve. We'll see. I hope so. So we have more weeks like this where we're not scrounging for content. We know exactly what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And I mean, it might make sense, too. I mean, you could package, you know, maybe the Rangers need some pitching and would take on Hap and, and you know, think that's not so bad. So <laughs> anyway, we'll see. What else you got? Anything else? What else is going on? That's I mean, it. only like the biggest cool. free agent goes to the Yankees. It's really all coal right now. And uh, when we lose a fan favorite. So a little bittersweet, but, um, I mean, if we're talking in the long term, it's what had to be done. Um, you know, I, I, w- I would give up Didi for, for nine years of, of coal. I don't even know if I'm ready to say that out loud. I, it's a hard thing to say, but it's the truth. You, have, you One year of Didi or nine years of coal? You know? Yeah. Statistically, Didi was a little, you know, not as good as we made him out to be. Oh yeah, but, when, when Didi slumped, his yeah his walk numbers were always low to the point of when he wasn't making contact, he was yeah really but, really struggling. But he's one of those players you don't care. I mean, as a fan, like I mean, that's the thing. Like you know, I can I can tell you what the smart thing to do is, or what I think the smart thing to do is, which probably isn't the smart thing, but. I can also just enjoy a guy for who he is and what he brings to a team that that doesn't show up in the Saber metrics or the Statcast data. And Didi's one of those guys that you'll you'll root for. And Batances is going to be one of those guys too. No matter where he goes, I'm going to be pulling for him. Yeah, I definitely. hope he comes back with us. But either way, um, the Empire is back. The Death Star is fully operational, and the you know we're ready to fire the laser and win the whole freaking thing. So. Let's uh, let's get Brett Gardner back in the fold. So we got a regular outfield going, and um, I'm very excited for Tyler Wade back up infielder. <laughs> yeah, or Tyler as Estrada. Long as, as long as Tyler Wade does that slide, I'm uh, I'm cool with it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic slide. Um, I guess on that note, we're gonna slide on out of here. What are you uh, looking forward to this week? Oh. Um, well, we'll record before Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I've muted all sorts of Star Wars alerts on my Twitter because I don't want to know anything about reviews or whatnot. Good um, call. Now that the Yankees got Cole, I don't really need to be on Twitter as much in the days leading up to the movie, so I feel better about that. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know what? I'm going to go off the board a little bit here. I'm actually I'm looking forward to watching the New York Giants and Miami Dolphins game on Sunday because I like Eli Manning and to be able to watch the the him play again on Monday night was actually fun. But then to see him play against the Dolphins, who I'll be rooting for to lose, even though I'm a fan of, it'll be fun to watch like a stupid meaningless game, um, but also have some some stakes in it. And I'm in the semifinals in two of the three fantasy football leagues I play in, so I'm looking forward to a football Sunday. All right. 
I know you're looking forward to watching The Mandalorian, but I didn't want to just take that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's mine. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I'll be finishing my Star Wars rewatch by Thursday morning when we next record, obviously, or Wednesday night, whenever that is. Yeah, I'm flying right along myself at hyperspeed. Nice. I'm excited. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's talk next week before... Before the new movie, maybe we can make some predictions and uh, before we go into it. Yeah, that sounds good. And maybe we'll have a little more talk about it. I mean, if the winter meetings keep going like this, the whole yeah, this roster is, could This has been made. great, not just for the Yankees, but good to see oh, all the yeah. best players signing right away and for a lot of money like they deserve. And um, obviously not expecting anything big for us to talk about on a Yankee scale next week, but maybe we'll have a Gardner contract to talk about or something like that. And uh and that'll help get us through um, another week of the winter. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. We did it. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. See you later, everybody.